Hey everyone, welcome to episode 30 of Conversations That Don't Suck. That's kind of crazy, 30 episodes, wow! I'm proud of us, y'all, 30 episodes. Mostly proud of me though, because I did all the work. <laughs> um, no, thank you so much for listening, this is this is exciting. When I started doing this, uh, gosh, I got the idea for this. I mean, a long time ago, but when I got the idea to, like, actually and do it, it was probably about a year ago. Yeah, it was, like, around this time last year, like, early fall, and, uh, and yeah, and then I really started diving into it in, like, early October and uh, launched this just this January, which is crazy because anything that happened in the year 2020 before COVID feels like it was 10 years ago, so I feel like I've been doing this podcast for way more than under a year, um, but anyways... This is exciting. I'm glad you're here 30 episodes deep. So I'm, as I've mentioned, uh, probably on the last couple podcast intros, I am going to be doing fewer guest episodes uh, in the coming months and focusing more on solo casts. Solo casts are something I've only done twice so far in the last 30 episodes, um, but they are consistently rated as some of my most downloaded episodes, so it seems that y'all want to hear some personal shit, and I will oblige. Um, and yeah, there are a few different things I thought about doing with solo casts, and one thing I'm going to dive into over the next, I think, five weeks, I think I'm going to do five episodes on this, is speaking to speaking to different parts of the human experience that are incredibly challenging and mostly different emotions that are very challenging to experience. And I say this both from like my own personal experience, like what I find the most difficult things to process and also just what I hear from other people um, of yeah, so many people that I've worked with, from people that I've just related to in my own life, uh, just hearing the ways that we find so much resistance to experiencing certain parts of ourselves. And I really want to bring more light to those and I really want to speak to those. And if y'all know me well, and if you've been listening to this podcast for like any number of any number of weeks or maybe even just the past two minutes and 43 seconds, you would know that I'm a big fucking feeler and I feel things deeply even when I don't want to. Oh, you'll also know that I sing things when I get uncomfortable. God, that's so fucking annoying. But <laughs> that ne it's funny because like I do this all the time, you know, like when I'm when I feel discomfort, sometimes I'll sing my words and and I'll say every time, like, gosh, that's so annoying, like, as if I've never done it before, like, as if I'm surprised. And every time it just gets me. I'm like, damn, that, oh, it's still annoying, still annoying that I say my words. Okay. Uh, anyways, I also like to use humor to deflect, if you haven't noticed that either. How charming, how charming am I? Um, anyways, everyone, so speaking to these different emotions that are difficult to experience, how funny that I went on, like, a 45-second tangent as I just got into that not a coincidence. So today we're going to be speaking to loneliness, which is my favorite emotion to talk about, which should be no surprise. Um, loneliness is something that I think is so important. And if you are not familiar with my work, if you're new to the podcast, hi, welcome. So happy you're here. Um, so I speak, when I say speak, I mean like 
I talk about this a lot just with my mouth, but also I speak on stages uh, when we're not in a pandemic. I do public speaking and facilitation work on the topic of loneliness, primarily the impact of loneliness on millennials and Generation Z. And if you don't know what those words mean, I'll define them for you because there's a lot of confusion and I'm not going to really dive too deep into like the millennial um, rabbit hole today because it's not really the focus where I'm mostly going to be speaking just to loneliness in general. But um, to define those things anyway, because there is so much confusion, I think there's a big misunderstanding that like millennials is like anyone who's young, like anyone under 30 is is a millennial and that's not true. So a millennial is anyone who was born between the years 1980 and 1997, roughly. Um, you'll maybe find a few different like statistics or not statistics, but uh, measurements of what those years exactly are. But yeah, about 1980 to 1997. So the youngest millennials are 23 this year. Um, so they're not like that young, you know, you know, feel defensive. Feel like the millennials are on spring break. I'm like, no, they're not because they're out of college. So you're talking about someone else. Um, Generation Z is anyone born between 1998 and 2012, roughly. Um, what comes after 2012, you might ask? What a great question. Thanks so much for asking. Um, I actually just learned this, uh, just a couple weeks ago when I was doing some, like, generational research. Um, anyone born after 2012 till about, I think it'll be until about 2025 is when that generation will end, um, is called the Alpha Generation, and they are now, starting with this generation, born after 2012, um, they're naming all of the generations with Greek letters, which is so interesting. And they're doing that because they're the first generation to be born entirely in the 21st century. So that's a little lesson on generations. And let's dive into talking about loneliness. I am biased, but I think that loneliness is one of the most important connective emotions and things that we experience as human beings. And I'd like to define what loneliness is first also, because I think there's a lot of confusion on that also. A lot of people think that loneliness is equated with solitude, which it is not. And I think it's funny to me because a lot of people will say these things like you can feel lonely in a room full of crowded people. And to me, it's like saying that is like so axiomatic. It's like trite, but there it's important to name that because I do think a lot of people think that, uh, yeah, like you can't be lonely if you're with other people. And I'll also say that some, that is some people's experience. Some people like it really is that simple for them that if they're with others, they don't feel lonely. I would argue, though, that I don't think we have a good enough self-understanding. I'm saying we just like generally, I don't think we have a solid enough self-understanding to really understand when if what we are experiencing is loneliness or if it's something else or really getting into the nuances of like our own emotional intelligence. I think just as a culture in North America, we're so, 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 so deeply emotionally unintelligent and just have no understanding of like either I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm mad and that's it. Um, and there's so many nuances to our emotions and loneliness is a, is a very, very nuanced emotion and something that takes so many forms and comes out in so many ways. And so loneliness is not just something that gets experienced when we are alone. Um, many of your introverted friends will tell you, and I'm waving my hand as I say this, many of your introverted friends will tell you that like they very rarely feel lonely when they're alone. I love my own company. Oof, ooh, 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 ooh. I just spent the last six weeks in Portland living alone and it was 
absolutely fucking divine and I I felt lonely like maybe one or two days while I was there unrelated to me like being physically alone um and it, I mean it's just fabulous wow and uh, I was speaking to a friend of mine there and he was like wow I could not spend that much time living alone even if I was you know out about seeing friends and whatnot just I would feel so terribly lonely and yeah that's just just so not my experience so again Loneliness is not just the experience of physical solitude. What's interesting about loneliness is that it has so evolved uh, just so dramatically over the last 200 years. And I won't do a history lesson on loneliness today, even though I really, really, really love to. In my keynotes when I'm speaking, I typically give like a brief history of loneliness and I condense 200 years worth of research into like four minutes. But I love to think uh, to just consider and uh, analyze all the different ways that re- that that loneliness has evolved so dramatically. Our ex- our human experience of loneliness has changed so much, and uh, it really wasn't until the 18th century that we even had a word for loneliness. Because before the word was solitude, they they were the same thing. Loneliness and solitude were the same, um, and loneliness was considered to be this thing that was divinely ordained. If you felt lonely, it was because God wanted it for you. We had this very kind of Eurocentric, Euro-Christian centric view of of how we experience loneliness. And now, you know, that's all kind of been turned every which way. So there's all kinds of different views on it now, of course. But the reason I bring all this up is, again, just to name that there are so many nuances to the experience of loneliness. And I would argue even, yeah, if you're listening to this and saying like, well, when I'm around people, I don't feel lonely. Yeah, I wonder if there's if there is something that's a little bit more complex about it for you. Um, And I'm not sitting here and calling you emotionally unintelligent, but that we're just not taught about our emotions very much at all. And I also, if you don't already know, I spent much of 2019 researching, uh, doing sort of like informal research around loneliness, particularly with millennials and interviewing dozens of millennials around the world with their experiences with loneliness and connection. And there were several people that I spoke with, not not too many, but several that I spoke with who said that they just don't feel lonely. Like generally, it's just not a feeling that they have. Um, and I would argue that I think we do experience loneliness probably a lot more than we think we do. I think it comes up in ways that are far more nuanced. And again, it is not just like, do I have friends or not? Am I around people or not? There's, It's so, so nuanced, so deep. I'll give you an example that today I just facilitated um, a series of connection practices for a community that I work with. And um, <laughs> I asked everyone at the beginning as we were sort of doing some check-ins and naming where we were calling in from and stuff, I asked everyone to say, uh, to name one way in which they felt lonely recently. And the there were maybe 10 of us in the session. And what people said just really blew my mind and ma- gave me so much appreciation for the super nuanced ways that, that loneliness shows up in our lives. So I'll give you some examples. One person had said that they felt lonely recently um, because they just haven't had physical touch in a really long time given the pandemic. Another person named that they feel lonely because there's someone in their life who doesn't live where they live and they really want this person to move near to them and become their girlfriends. Like they really want a romantic connection with this person. Someone else had said they feel lonely because they were talking about something with their colleagues and their colleagues were seeming to understand some some concept uh, that this person really wasn't and they felt really confused and lost and left out and that's and that felt lonely for them someone else had named that they feel lonely just thinking about the fact that when we have groups of people groups of belonging 
those groups of belonging exist by a nature of loneliness that like the the belonging exists on the uh, with the backdrop of not belonging somewhere else and this is not just like a group for a very specific niche of people they were talking about like a, a sports team it's like you all believe in this one thing that thing being the team against everyone else who like doesn't identify with with that and he said there was loneliness there and we were talking about just yeah the incredible nuance of loneliness and our experience of it and even the feeling of really belonging to yourself it's like when you feel so at peace with yourself there can be an extraordinary loneliness in that depending on how you look at it because you might be naming the ways in which you don't fit in against the rest of the world it's like the way that you belong to yourself is unique to only you there's something very lonely about the fact that no one's ever going to know what it's like to experience the world in exactly the way that I do. You know, there's no way for us to like truly communicate that with our words, even with art, you know, there's, there's just no way for anyone to deeply, deeply understand what that's like fully. Uh, And there's loneliness in that. And I, (laughs) I sensed, and I, you know, maybe you're feeling this way too, as you're listening to me, I sensed that as we were going through this exercise and this, with this group that I was facilitating, that there was maybe some sadness coming over the group that it was maybe becoming like, oof, this is real depressing to think about all these ways that loneliness shows up in our lives. Um, for me, I find it absolutely thrilling to think about. <laughs> it's like, I think it's just so fascinating how loneliness shows up in such nuanced ways. And mm, yeah, so I, you know, I'll encourage you to just put on a learner's mind. And also if, you know, you're sitting here and you're like, damn, this is fucking depressing. Like, oh, that's fine. Let it be depressing. If you, I mean, also, or like turn it off if you want to, but I, <laughs> I would love for you to keep listening and to, um, yeah, just notice the ways that loneliness maybe shows up in your life in ways that you didn't know to call it loneliness. And I want to name a few other ways that I think loneliness shows up for us, particularly ways that I think are really, really big for uh, for millennials and Generation Z in particular. So one big way is noticing how loneliness shows up uh, as it relates to partnership. That's a really big theme that I see. And one that's definitely been a big theme in my life as well is like, not being partnered with the right person. Gosh, I even had someone in this same session that I facilitated today. They said they felt really lonely in their partnership. Like they had a partner and they still felt really lonely within that. Um, so feeling lonely without a partner, um, I, I hear a lot of feelings of like hopelessness or defeat, exhaustion um, with dating. Um, I hear this more so in big cities, folks who live in big cities more so than people who live in small towns. And... Yeah, I, I think especially, you know, when we're of a certain age where there's a societal expectation, even if there's no one shoving that message down our throat in particular, there's kind of this message of like, you should be partnered by now. You should have some babies by now, have a ring on your finger by now, whatever. Um, and I'll even speak for myself and say that loneliness <laughs> in that realm, it's weird because I'm I'm turning 28 in a few weeks and I've never in my life, all the other years I've been born, been born, all the other birthdays I've had, um, have never had the feeling of like, oh, I don't like the age that I'm turning or like, oh my God, I'm getting so old. But there's something about the age of 28 where I'm like, fuck, should I be married? Yeah, it's very, it's a bizarre feeling. And, and you know, that's coming for me, like my parents did not grow up telling me uh, I did not grow up with my parents telling me that I should be married by a certain age. Gosh, if anything, they told me I should put it off as long as possible. But um, yeah, and, and I think especially going back to this theme of it 
being more of a trend in big cities, of this sense of loneliness being being more trendy in big cities. Um, I think, you know, of course, in, in big cities, in us as a generation in general, we are marrying later and later. And so there's this uh, sense of urgency of like, do this thing. It's natural. It's important that you get married by a certain age, that you have babies by a certain age. And yet the trend is that that isn't happening. Um, people are not looking to be married and have children by the age that maybe they were in a previous generation. And so that's a conflict. There's loneliness in that of like, there's this thing that I want, or like, maybe I don't know if I want it. Maybe only the world wants it for me. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. And maybe I don't even know that. And yet it feels inaccessible because it's not something that most people are looking for. Um, or, you know, I won't even get started on dating apps, but I think I will do a future podcast episode on them. But there's all kinds of things that go into that as well, like the loneliness of dating apps and of just the swipe culture and people ghosting one another and not forming these deep relationships where we care enough to like tell a person, hey, you seem really great, but I don't think this is the connection that I'm looking for. Like we, we aren't forming those types of relationships with one another where we have the capacity, emotional intelligence and bravery to sit in the discomfort of saying, hey, you're great. And I don't think this is for me. And it was really nice to meet you. Peace. Um, and yeah, that I find that incredibly tragic that I really think dating apps are just uh, pushing that further and further into our psyches. So that's one piece, the romantic relationship piece. The other one would be career. This is another big one that I think is much more of a trend with millennials and Generation Z because, uh, well, I think social media plays a big role in this, that we see these people having careers doing all kinds of shit, all kinds of shit being TikTok stars, being Instagram models, being like ambassadors for Lululemon, whatever that means. And, you know, all kinds of things that were like, do people really make money doing this? And on the one hand, I, I don't know, but I, I think they do. I think people do make legitimate amounts of money doing this. Um, and of course, these people are exceptions. And I know somewhere in our minds, we generally understand that, that like it's exceptional to become like a TikTok star or to become a YouTube personality. Uh, and to have that be your sole income. However, there's a lot of pressure for the thing you love to do the most, the thing you are the best at doing, and for the thing that makes you money to all be the same thing and for that to be your career. And I would say it is extraordinarily rare that someone has that trifecta when it comes to their job. But I think there's a lot of pressure and this kind of subconscious belief that like, well, I should be able to find it because it seems like everyone else has. And there's a lot, um, especially when it comes to like branding and marketing, there's a lot of research around millennials in particular that we are quite obsessed with, uh, with impact. Impact is such a millennial generation word. We want to know that we're making an impact and it can be quite difficult if we're in a job where we feel like we are not making an impact or we're not sure that we're making an impact. Like, we think that maybe our colleagues are making an impact, but we are not. Uh, and we don't necessarily understand the role in which we play, especially in a larger organization, maybe the yeah the importance of our singular solo role and how that makes a difference to the, to the larger whole. We don't feel that sense of connection there. There's a loneliness in that. There's a loneliness in not knowing if you're making an impact. There's a loneliness in not knowing if what you're doing is going to matter. There's a loneliness in not knowing if you've left a mark on the world. Um, and, and there can be a loneliness and not feeling like there's a choice 
of like, do I have a choice in whether or not I make an impact? Um, and we can get into all kinds of spiritual and philosophical debates on, you know, does anything matter? Basically, we can we could go down that ro- that rabbit hole. I actually love to have that conversation because I think it's that's a fascinating thing to ponder also. But yeah, this question of like, do I have a choice in whether or not what I do makes an impact? Like, is everything just going to sort of fade away after I die? And, and we might not be thinking through the lens of death like that, but um, yeah, wanting to know if we're doing something important, if we're doing something that's really contributing to the world. And there can be a loneliness and feeling like we're just passing our days not doing that. Um, and, and that the thing that we do that makes the highest impact has to be the thing that makes us money. And it just so rarely is. It so rarely is. I think, you know, we can all think of so many people in our lives that have made such ma- major impact um dead or alive and it pretty rarely had to do with like the thing they did did that made them money you know I think about my grandfather for example he was an insurance salesman like that wasn't what made him an incredible person that wasn't what what everyone remembers him for um so anyhow career is another big one and the third place where I see a lot of loneliness is loneliness with self mm. Loneliness with self. Yeah, I don't think we know ourselves very well, t- very well typically, or we have a pretty low tolerance for sitting with our own discomfort. And I don't say that to shame anyone. No one's taught us to sit with our own discomfort. And actually, if you go back and listen to the most recent episode with uh, Sina Simon and Simone Humphrey, uh, it was on love and sex and loneliness. And we talked about just how little tolerance there is for the discomfort of like the relational aspect of sex. And, and it's because no one taught us. I made a comment that, you know, I sat in all these sex ed classes in middle and high school watching someone put a condom onto a cucumber, but I never, no one ever taught me how to say, how to ask for what I want during sex. No one ever asked, no one ever taught me how to dump someone. No one ever taught me how to say that what's happening in a relationship doesn't feel good to me or how to have a conversation about STIs, you know, all these things relational things that no one teaches us um and and that's that's relationship to other but the that same discomfort exists within ourselves that we're not taught to sit with what's uncomfortable and uncomfortable is I mean you know that's the that's the lightest of the emotions we might feel with oneself um forget about like pain or torment or real 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 intense loneliness um no one teaches us to sit with that and I think as a result we feel a lot of loneliness in relation to others because we don't know what types of relationships we are seeking relationships being a broad term friendships romantic partners whatever we don't know what we're seeking we don't know how to look for those things and and it's not just like the type of people we like to hang out with or what we like to do with them it's like what are the types of qualities in yourself you wish to be brought out when you are amongst others i don't know that we are that we generally have a good understanding of that. I'd like to think that I do, but like that's not because it was ever like taught to me growing up. It absolutely was not. Um, and, and I was certainly not born knowing those things, you know, uh, like everyone else. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I see the way that people like feel so much loneliness within themselves. And also, I mean, I would say this is really common, especially for people like coming out of college and having so much impatience for themselves and so much disappointment in themselves when they are having a hard time making friends. Oh my gosh, no one taught us how to make friends. That was one of my most like 
brutal insights and realizations when I joined the quote unquote real world uh, after college was like, oh my God, I don't know how to make friends. And this sucks. This sucks not having an environment uh, where my social circles are set up for me. Um, it's really challenging. It's really, really challenging. And I think if we had closer relationships with ourselves as individuals, these intrapersonal relationships that were really strong, we would one, have a harder, have an easier time making those friendships and finding those connections, but we would also just have more patience with ourselves while it happened because it is such a process. And God, I've lived in San Francisco for four years and I'm still like looking for my tribe tribe you know like and that's okay it's uncomfortable it's unpleasant when I'm in this state of feeling like I don't have the exact connections that I want but it's okay I can sit with that and I can know that like I have myself and it's not enough it's not enough it's not enough to have yourself no 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 we need others we need others but If we don't have ourselves, it's very difficult to healthily be in relationship with others. And so let's get into that too, the loneliness of being with others. Ooh boy, this is one of the biggest ones I saw when I was doing my research around loneliness is that people say, I have all these friends, but I don't feel like I am seen or known by those closest to me. Oof. Ooh, hard. It's hard to hear that. It's hard to experience that. I know this feeling. I bet you know this feeling too. It's really hard to feel like we have people around us. And we have people who love us a lot. I don't think that's that's not a common concern I hear very often. It's like I don't have friends or I yeah, I don't have people who love me in my life. That's not often what I hear. What I hear is that I don't feel seen. I don't feel known. Um And again, a lot of times this is because of a lack of relationship to oneself. We don't know ourselves. And so we don't know how to ask for the things that we need or want from the people around us. We don't even know how to seek that out. We don't feel comfortable seeking it out because when someone does try and get close to us, it makes us uncomfortable and we run away. Does any of it sound familiar? (laughs) This is a super common thing. I think there is a real desire to go into the deep, dark dirty shit with the people that we love we want to feel like we can have those conversations we want to feel like we can really be seen or known in the messiest parts of ourselves and not have someone run away i think that's just like belonging 101 we want to be able to go into the parts of ourselves that do not feel lovable and we want to know that we are still loved that's it that's like relating 101 everybody We want to know that we are still lovable in our states that don't feel very lovable to ourselves. And this has a lot to do with our relationship to ourselves, how we relate to those parts, and also our ability to sit with them both by ourselves and to sit with them when someone else is watching us be in that part and to not get defensive from ourselves, to not run away from ourselves, to not get defensive when someone else tries to love that part, to not run away from that person when someone tries to love that part. And it's hard. So I'm. If if you're kind of tracking the under the underlying current of what I'm saying, it's like we want other people to love these parts of ourselves, but we have not yet loved them. We want other people to love these parts of ourselves, but we don't actually want anyone to see them. And this is also something that got talked about in this in the most recent podcast episode about love and loneliness, is that. We're told to be authentic. We crave authenticity so much. This is authenticity is a big Generation Z word. 
they crave authenticity. We all do. It's not, it's, you know, it's not unique to them, but we want authenticity. We know it's important to be authentic and yet we're fucking terrified of it. We're terrified of us, of ourselves being authentic. We're terrified of other people's, of other people's authenticity if it looks a certain way. Like we want authenticity that still feels comfortable to what we think is appropriate for authenticity. We want authenticity that doesn't look too messy, too dirty, too scary, too sad, too violent, too real. We don't want that kind of authenticity. We don't want someone's anger. We don't want someone's real sadness. We don't want their snot crying. <laughs> We don't want their discomfort and their awkwardness. We want like cute awkwardness. We want sexy anger. We want sadness that we can relate to and the kind that doesn't touch on the deepest, darkest parts of ourselves, right? Like we want authenticity so fucking deeply. We want to be met in these deep, dark places. And yet we're so unwilling to go there. It's so scary to really see authenticity. It's so uncomfortable. Mm. And I say this with love and compassion of like, it's bullshit that anyone would feel that way to want authenticity and then reject it. But it's real. We're not taught. We're not taught to be with realness. We're not taught to be with authenticity. It's okay. But to just notice the way that loneliness forms through that of this deep ache for something that we cannot tolerate is difficult. So... I think those are the four main things I'm going to dive into uh, that, you know, I'll leave those there. Um, let's see. What did I say? Partnership, career, self, and other. Boom, 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 boom. Those are the four biggest things I think I see uh, with loneliness. And gosh, I mean, the reason I, you know, I use the term in defense of loneliness is because if you were to Google how to be less lonely right now, I guarantee you, you'll find a bajillion articles like listicles of advice that say things like how to combat loneliness, how to avoid loneliness, cure loneliness, the war on loneliness, the battle against loneliness. Our, our terminology is so incredibly violent when it comes to loneliness. And, you know, we use these words like battle. We use the word like a loneliness epidemic is something that you'll see over and over and over again. And if if you know me, you know I hate this phrase because it is so it is so violent. It's so pathologizing to say that loneliness is an epidemic, to say that it's a disease. An epidemic is something that is communicable. You could give it to someone else and that would be bad. You don't want to give someone a communicable disease. Um, you want to keep it to yourself. You want to quarantine. You want to isolate. And like, damn, it's no wonder then. That when we are feeling our loneliness, loneliest, our tendency is to isolate. Our, ten, our, our tendency, wow, can't talk suddenly. Our tendency is to not reach out for help. Our tendency is to say, I'm going to be a burden to others if I bring this up to them. I don't want to be a bummer. I don't want to be a new, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, everyone? A nuisance. That's it. Boom. Okay. Sorry. It took me a moment. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't want to be a nuisance by bringing up this loneliness. It's not pleasant for others. I don't want to bring it up to them. And, and this is, you know, so much of it coming from this ideology around loneliness being an epidemic. You know, there's something wrong with you if you have an epidemic. You're sick if you have that illness. Um, and it's something that you should deal with on your own, especially. It's not something you should deal with in community. 
And I just think it's so tragic. I think it's a, a, a really, really tragic misnomer that we have given loneliness that term to be associated with an epidemic. Um, and I think there is extraordinary value in exploring it. I think there's extraordinary value in exploring it amongst others and seeing how it is such a great connector. And the big piece of my work is like, what if we stopped trying to cure loneliness and instead we focused on the nuanced, very, very vital needs of our connection, how we want to be connected with one another, how we want to feel more connected to our work. How can we feel more connected to ourselves? How can we feel more connected to one another? How can we feel more connected to the, to the communities that we live in? Instead of saying we should never feel lonely, let's try and get rid of the loneliness. I mean, it's psychotic. And so I am always in defense of loneliness. And if you're feeling lonely, I think that's okay. I think that's great. I don't think there's anything you need to do to get rid of your loneliness because you know why? You'll never get rid of it. Not with the right partner, not with the right career, not with the best relationship to yourself ever. You will still feel loneliness. Loneliness is in so many little corners. And that doesn't mean it has that you have to suffer. It doesn't mean that you have to feel lonely and sad all the time. No, 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 no. We can have extraordinary pockets of connection in our world. And I hope that you do. And if you want resources on that, please reach out to me. I have so many, many spaces of which I facilitate myself. And I work, to work with many, many, many gifted facilitators who do the same, who create these spaces of connection. Uh, and it's not just for the purpose of like eradicating loneliness. It's, it's just because connection is dope and we all need it. Um, but yeah, if you're feeling lonely, that's okay. That's normal. That is a sign that you are needing more connection. It is a sign that you might need connection to yourself. You might need connection to others. You might need connection to nature. You might need connection to more meaningful work. You, know, you might need connection to God, whatever word feels good to you there. There's so many ways that we need this connection. Mm. And I think loneliness is just such a delicious way to be thinking about it. So, my loves... Thank you so much for listening. I can't believe I talked for 34 minutes. I'm kind of proud of myself. I can normally, like, my previous solo casts were so short because I was like, I have nothing to say. But it seems like I do have something to say. That's pretty good. That's that's rad. Um, thank you all so much for listening. I love you so much. I'm going to be back next week with another in defense of dot, dot, dot. And I'll leave you in suspense for what it's going to be, but it'll be another hard, unpleasant emotion. Are you excited? <laughs> I'll share my own experiences with that. Um, you know what? You know what? I'm going to sit here. I'm just realizing I'm like, I didn't talk too much about my own experiences. I peppered that in here and there. But um, I think I'll leave you with like a story around loneliness. And maybe I'll do that at the end of all these episodes. Okay. I'm just like sort of learning and thinking out loud with you guys here right now. So thank you. Um, I, okay, my own, an, a story of loneliness. Okay, so it started when I was born. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding, but like, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> um, I mean, so this, this week, I've just had an extraordinarily lonely week. It's been really fucking painful. Um, as I said, I spent the last six weeks in Portland and, uh, that was lovely, divine, gorgeous weather, or it's my, it was my first time in Oregon, just like stunning, 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 stunning God's country up there. Oh my gosh. Most beautiful. One of the most beautiful places I've ever been hands down. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then I came back to SF <laughs> last weekend. 
And, uh... I mean, first of all, you know, Northern California is on fucking fire right now, like literally. And so super smoky, like can't really go outdoors. Um, yeah, like my throat hurts just like even inside. Like, uh, yeah, I can feel it. Um, the weather's been shit. It's been absolutely fucking freezing here. I really hate cold weather. <laughs> so um, I've been like really fetching. That means complaining in Yiddish. I've been fetching about that like nonstop this week. Like it's it's 50 degrees and it's the end of August. Like what the F is that? What did I sign up for in this city? Um, and so those things do make me feel lonely. I, I can actually, I'm quite affected by the weather. So those things are like lonely for me. Um, but the real main thing I've been feeling lonely about is that um, I just miss my friends so much. The The relational aspect of loneliness is feeling harder and not easier for me as this pandemic continues. I'm not getting more used to not being around people. I'm getting less used to it. Um, and I'm feeling that pain kind of sink deeper and deeper into me of like, I want to be around my friends. I don't, I don't feel like I know my friends anymore right now. And some of them might listen to this and be like, Kyla, what the F? But I, um, yeah, this is, this is really how I feel. Um, yeah, you know, I might know like, oh, this person like, took a road trip to this place recently, but like, I'm like, what is going on with their heart right now? Like, I don't, I don't know, not for almost any of my friends. And that feels very painful to me to feel like I'm not, again, I don't have that deep seeing or knowing happening in my relationships right now. And that's very painful. Oh yeah. There's a real lack of intimacy in my friendships right now. Um, and that is not the way I like my friendships to operate. And I'm really trying to just like sit with the fact that like, this is temporary this too shall pass. But yeah, I'm trying to sit with that discomfort and it's just like the whole uncertain time shit is really getting to me. How much longer do I have to sit with this shit? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much more I can take. That's lonely. That's painful. Um, I felt like this is very vulnerable to share because there's a lot of shame that gets wrapped up in it for me. But I like was reaching out to a bunch of friends this week saying like, hey, would love to see you soon. And like a lot of those people didn't respond to me. That, oh, yikes. Yeah, so much shame in that. And you know, I, I generally speaking do not take it personally because a lot of people are going through a hard time right now. A lot of people have like low capacity right now for the types of connection they want. Um, and that's okay. You know, I'm forgiving of that given everything happening, happening, but, um, it hurts, y'all. It hurts really bad. And um, yeah, okay. I think that's I. That's enough of a vulnerability hangover. This will give me by tomorrow. Um, I'm going to pause. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening. I love you so much. Uh, as always, would love to hear feedback, thoughts, ideas, musings, questions. I'm always down to have a conversation about loneliness, always down to connect on that topic so yeah please send me an email or like if we're closer friends than that if we're like friends on facebook or something message me text me whatever it is um yeah i'd love to hear from you and thank you so much for listening and i'll be back here next week bye